See, we live in a culture where our, our identities are more formed by how we dress, by our material possessions, by our hobbies, what we drive, where we live, our body types, our looks, uh, levels of education, how much money we have. It's really more about perception. That is the picture that you can present of yourself and how you can alter or control how people perceive you. We're more focused on how we can get people to like us and to perceive us well. We're taught how to make a good impression, right? How to use our voices, our looks, how to be charming and seductive in order to get what we want, whether it's a position, a relationship, possessions, or or just some status in somebody's mind. It's all about achievement and performance, and it's less about our inner moral compass and cultivating virtues. This episode marks one full year of podcasting, uh, so releasing an episode every two weeks. We're now across several platforms, including iTunes and Spotify, and so I just want to take some time to thank you all, uh, listeners. Um, you, you support this podcast just by tuning in and giving consideration to the content that uh, we provide, and uh, while the content is something that drives me, it does make it a little easier to be consistent, knowing that there are people who are consistent listeners. And um, you know, anytime you uh, create, there's these you know statistics that you can you can gather information, analytics, I guess that you can gather whenever you have blogs and podcasts and you put media like this out there. And uh, don't worry, we don't get any detailed information, uh, but we do see locations and. Um, the number of downloads and how often uh, these are these specific episodes are being listened to, and I have to say that uh, you know we have consistent listeners, and we have listeners across nine states. We even get a few listeners in the United Kingdom and in Sweden. Uh, I think there was a hit once on South Africa, but uh, consistently though, we're across several states and in the United Kingdom and in Sweden. And it's really pretty neat to consider that there are some who are interested in these concepts. And they actually take the time to listen when there are so many other things that you could be giving your attention to. And so uh, thank you. Uh, thank you for tuning in and um, listening and, and giving these things uh, in consideration. And I, I hope uh, that uh, this is uh, beneficial to you and a good use of, of your time. And so uh, but let, let's keep talking about spiritual formation the uh the ultimate outcome right of spiritual formation as as a disciple of jesus is is to have truly put on christ or or having fully clothed ourselves with christ now you might say paul said in galatians 3 27 for as many of you as were baptized into christ have put on christ well true paul does say this but he also said, and I might add, he said this to Christians in Romans thirteen fourteen, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provisions for the flesh to gratify its 
desires. Remember, he he's saying this to Christians, to those who he would probably refer to, or maybe we would even lump in the category of those he's speaking of in Galatians 3.27, who have put on Christ. And now he's telling them to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. These are Christians he's talking about. These are believers, disciples of Jesus that he's referring to here. Uh, again, in Ephesians 4, 22 through 24, again to Christians, he says this, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through the deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. That's, that's, that's the image of Jesus. That, that's putting on Christ. So from, from this perspective, and remember, he, he's speaking to Christians here. Putting on Christ is a process. It's the journey, the internal process whereby we are dying to ourselves and Christ is rising within us. This, this is ultimately the result of the heart being transformed into Christ-likeness, into Jesus. A transformed heart leads to a transformed character. And that's what we want to talk about. If we're going to address our character, though, it is necessary to address the heart. And, and I want to take some time to remind you some things that we have previously discussed about the heart when we talk about the heart, there are generally three words that we use, heart, will, and spirit. Each term refers to a different aspect of the same thing, but when we, when we say any of these terms, we're really talking about the same thing. We use the term heart to refer to it as at the core of who we are. We use the term will to refer to its power to initiate, our, our ability to choose and be, be free moral agents that we can determine what it is that we want to do, we can create, we have the power to do that and to carry that through. And we also refer to it as a spirit, not to root mistaken by the Holy Spirit, but our spirit, the human spirit, as it were, because it's a spiritual thing. We are spiritual creatures. We were created as spiritual beings. It is of God. It is not of flesh. So the heart, will, and spirit, all terms refer to the same thing, but each one notes various different aspects of that same thing. Now, it's also good to remember how the heart and mind work. Simply put, they work together. It could even be said that they are dependent on one another in a, in, a, in a back and forth type of dance. And it's important to note that the heart gives direction to the mind. And from this comes the choices that we make. These are all things that we have discussed in past episodes. Now, all of this works together and forms our character. Character is essentially what we're known for. When people think of us, it's what paints the image in their minds. It's not developed overnight, but it is developed over time as we are formed and make choices, practice our own free will. And as we, as we, as we grow and our hearts are formed and shaped and as we continue to develop, certain behavior patterns begin to emerge. We begin to repeat certain behaviors, and, and over time, these behaviors become automatic, or, or at least we do them without giving them much thought. That's our character. 
It's what we do without having to think. It's, it's automatic. It's revealed through the various patterns and repeated behaviors that, that say something about us, who we are, what we value, the principles by which we live our lives. Think about this. This is what financial institutions and employers are looking for when they check our credit reports, or they call our references, our past job experiences. They're looking into our character. These, these things can tell them things about us that they may find valuable, that reveal things that or bits of information where they can make judgment calls off of. They might, might show repeated behavior, behaviors and, and, and allows them to make judgment calls on what to expect from us in the future. Think about this. Have you ever applied for a loan or a line of credit and were denied because you did not have enough credit history? The point, the, the problem is, is they don't have enough information on you. They can't make a judgment call because there's not enough history to reveal any kind of repeated behavior patterns. They don't know how you're going to handle things. See, that's what character is, and that's what character does. Thankfully, though, our character can be changed. I can recall various times where, as a kid or as a teen, I was engaging in certain behaviors, doing certain things, and, and in moments of reflection, maybe it was while I was doing it or after the fact, uh, I remember feeling like like this is this is not who I want to be. I don't want to be the kind of person who engages in this kind of behavior. Now, just saying that was not enough. I really didn't understand that I had already established certain patterns of thinking, and, and I, those are the things that really needed to be changed. And I, I couldn't just will this change into existence. Right? I had to change my thoughts and feelings about certain things, and that's how all this works together. But of course, I was clueless about any of that and persisted in certain behaviors and so forth, regardless of how it might have made me feel afterwards. So uh, let's talk about character, what it means, how it's used. Uh, the, I think the etymology of the term helps to paint a picture for us of what character is, or at least it does to me, and hopefully I can convey this in such a way that it kind of helps paint a better picture in your mind of what we mean by character. The term character comes from a Greek word, and it literally had to do with a, a stamping tool, a tool that you use to engrave things as an instrument for marking, and it, and it also referred to the actual marking that was actually engraved, all right? Uh, think of the wax seal on a, on a letter. The stamp or marking impressed into the wax was referred to as character. Uh, it was a type of a trademark. People could distinguish, knew who, who it was, right? Who owned this property or where this came from. At some point, though, it became more associated with, I quote, the sum of qualities, qualities. We're talking about intellect, thoughts, ideas, motives, intentions, temperament, right? Judgment, behavior, imaginations, perceptions, emotions, loves, hates, all those things. It became referred to as the sum of qualities, all these things put together, that define a person. Author William Stratton Bruce defined character as your moral self or moral structure, and I personally would add whether that's good or bad. He goes on to say that character includes a choice, a settled habit, or a bent of will. 
In other words, our choices, our thoughts, our feelings, mindsets, our wills all work together slowly over time, creating and etching away what becomes very natural to us, our character. It's our character that reveals our true identity. But our culture, by and large, does not promote the importance of character and the importance of cultivating good character. See, we live in a culture where our, our identities are more formed by how we dress, by our material possessions, by our hobbies, what we drive, where we live, our body types, our looks, uh, levels of education, how much money we have. It's really more about perception. That is the picture that you can present of yourself and how you can alter or control how people perceive you. We're more focused on how we can get people to like us and to perceive us well. We're taught how to make a good impression, right? How to use our voices, our looks, how to be charming and seductive in order to get what we want, whether it's a position, a relationship, possessions, or or just some status in somebody's mind. It's all about achievement and performance, and it's less about our inner moral compass and cultivating virtues, But now, regardless, if it's something our culture finds important, everyone develops character. It is engraved into us, whether good or bad, slowly over time through the choices we make, and by and large through the habitual choices that we make, the choices that become our natural responses. And as one author put it, I quote, In the constant, habitual, hurried, routine acts of common life that the swarm of little judgments is made. These form our character. We would do well to remember that we are being made every minute, and we cannot help it. You and I, as we walk and talk, eat and drink, marry and are given in marriage, work and play, go out and come in, as we are faced with varying circumstances each day and judge and decide how to act, our actions become our habits, and our habits become our character. Robert Elliott Spear says that character is a habit of will. See, it's ultimately It ultimately has its source in our own hearts. We are the shapers and directors of our own characters. It's on us. And while there are lots of influences, like people and situations, like crisis, etc., ultimately, we determine what it's going to be, our character. But how do we change our character? You might be thinking, I'm not the best person. I, I always find myself in a mess because of how I respond to things. Maybe, maybe you know that there are certain things about you uh, that, um, that you're known for, and it's not like Christ at all. And you're trying to be a disciple of Jesus. So how can I transform my character? Well, in my estimation, like many things, we tend to focus on the wrong things when it comes to change. We, look, we have to look beyond the surface to get to the roots. So let's try to get to the heart of the issue. How do I change my character? Well, that's next time on the Walking Closer podcast. Thanks for joining me on this episode. 
Uh, don't forget to subscribe and share and connect with me on the Walking Closer Facebook page. Drop me a message or any questions that you may have. Make sure to join us next time as we explore becoming like Jesus from the inside out.